watch a few of my favorite rom-coms with you. Harry met Sally, Lena met Katie. We're your quirky best friends and, and your leading ladies. Me cute or online date. Is love an algorithm scripted or fate? It's the rom-com effect. We're here to be direct about the love we expect. In the movies we dissect, we sometimes have a guest. Does it pass the factual test? We're on a movie watching quest. Because of romance, we're obsessed. It's a rom-com effect. It rhymes with rom-com effect. Rom-com! Love them. Hello! Hi! Welcome back to the Rom-Com Effect. I'm Katie. And this is Lena. And we have a special guest with us here today. Say hi, Alex Bernard. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming here. So I know Alex because we did improv together starting a year ago. And do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm a writer and comedian person in Los Angeles. I love Katie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were on a team a year ago that was very fun, and I, I can't believe it's been a year. We've been friends for a year. A full year. Yeah. Congratulations to us. We did it. Is this and your anniversary? Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah April Fool's Day. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love rom-coms, so this is a true, a true honor. Good. So you picked the rom-com that we're talking about today, which is? Notting Hill. And can you tell us why you picked that particular one starring Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts? So this was a bit of a process for me because <laughs> I, when you approached me and said pick a rom-com, my first thought went to one that I'd watched recently, Serendipity. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I really want to pick a rom-com that has everything I love in a great rom-com that like hits all my check marks. Mostly that just has like a speech at the end or like yes. a really memorable quote. Mm-hmm. And Serendipity has like none of that. So I had never even seen Notting Hill, but I knew about the famous like Julia Roberts. The very line. famous either? line. Oh, snap. Never seen it. Okay. But somebody mentioned it on the podcast I was listening to where they're like, you know what's a perfect rom-com? Notting Hill. <laughs> yes. And I was like, let me give this a try. Am I either going to pick this or serendipity or something else? And I watched it and I loved it. You're it like, I got to talk about this for an hour I with my friends. I got to talk about this for an hour. <laughs> uh, I, it was like 12, it was like midnight when I started it. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this in one second. And it's a two-hour movie. Like, it's rom-com. not a short movie. No, it's long. It like keeps going. And... I was like yawning right at the beginning, and then I was never tired for the rest of it. Yeah. It was like barreled on through. So it was a pretty easy decision. I think I texted you like right after. I oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was super excited that you picked that one. I was secretly rooting for it because I thought I had seen it all the way through, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely have not watched this all the way from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had just mostly seen and retained all of the Reese Eiffel scenes as Spike, the best Spike friend. the roommate. Yes, because I feel like those just kind of get seared into your memory based oh, on man. his wardrobe. His little <laughs> butt. <laughs> his general his little body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of like a squirmy guy. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was really glad to have an excuse to sit down and watch it all the way through. And 
The thing that solidified that I hadn't seen it from beginning mm-hmm. to end was I knew about the big line, but when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've never seen this before. I've <laughs> only ever heard people talk about it uh, in passing, yeah. so I'm glad that I can say I know where it comes from now. It's good. Had you seen it before, Lena? I have seen it probably a few times, mm-hmm. but it's been at least like 10 years, I think, since I last saw it. But I was excited to do this one because I was like, you know what? I remember this movie well enough to know I'm not going to have any aggressively feminist upsets about it. (laughs) And I was happy to find that I still felt that way for the most part. I was like, no, this is still a great, great movie. I really love their romance. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know what? I just love a British rom-com. Like, those are truly my favorite because the banter and the dialogue is so good. Yep. Very subtle humor about it. Like, it's all very witty. Very cerebral, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Perfect for peak stammering Hugh Grant. Like, this to me was the epitome of what Hugh Grant is as an actor. I think this is the first Hugh Grant movie I've seen besides Paddington 2. (laughs) What? What? You've seen Love Actually. I've never seen Love Actually. (gasps) What? Well, you're coming back at Christmas time, Alex. (laughs) You're going to love it. But I was like, as soon as it came on screen, I was like, oh, oh, I'm I'm in. I love Hugh Grant in this movie. Wow. Um, It's like perfect for You haven't even seen Bridget Jones' Diary? No. Oh, my gosh. And I I was going through all the rom-coms I could watch for this, and I saw, like, um, I saw, like, About a Boy. Mm -hmm. But it had a kid in it. And I was like, I don't want to watch a kid. You don't want to deal with a kid. (laughs) Watch the grown ups. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was like, and then the same thing with like Bridget Jones Diary. But I wanted, I also wanted to see like Julia Roberts be Julia Roberts yeah, for two hours. That's true. And that's literally what who she is in this movie. Yes. It's like Anna Scott, the name Anna Scott is like female Fem- name, guy name. Yeah. Like, literally, this is Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. She. I couldn't imagine anyone more perfect for it. And it does seem down to her naming the salary for her last movie as yeah. $15 million. It was like, who else could this possibly be right. other than Julia Roberts? You know what I learned about that? Apparently she was the one, she like riffed that number. Like originally in the screenplay, it was like $10 million, And then during one of the takes, she said $12 million, And then during the last take, she was like $15 million, And they were like, why do you keep changing the number? She's like, I'm tired of lowballing myself. I love that so much. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing, Julia. <laughs> Good for her. She's looking out for herself. She's like, yeah. people are going to see this, and I need them to know how much I'm worth. <laughs> this, is, this is my movie <laughs> Yeah. Um, Alex, it seems a little crazy to me that you haven't seen some of those rom-coms because I know you as a person who loves movies, mm-hmm. and you also seem like kind of a romantic at heart. Mm-hmm. And so, like, do you... <laughs> Do you love rom-coms? Like, do you... Have you been watching them a long time? Yeah, I, like, adore rom-coms. They're not even a guilty pleasure for me. Every single time I start a rom-com, I'm always like, okay, I'm skeptical. And then (laughs) by the end of the movie... Like, a great great rom-com for me, I wrote... Like, I was thinking about this with Nani now. It needs to, like, check three boxes. Okay. Which it needs to be um, delightful. 
It doesn't have to be funny. It just needs to be like delightful. It needs to be a little ridiculous. Yeah. It needs to have some parts where you're like, that couldn't really happen. Right. Or this isn't how, really how people talk. And then it needs to be like surprisingly gut wrenching. Mm, like that. Gut wrenching. That's an interesting. Yeah. Like I and I thought criteria was that. But yeah, I was actually so I have a Letterboxd account, which is like a film social media account. Yeah. Like, your movie. I that's love cool. reading your reviews on there oh, because yeah. you always do a quote. Mm-hmm. And who you watched it with, and like where, and then like a little like yeah, opinion, little yeah. Um, and I was just looking at that my last four movies, not because I was coming on this, but just happened to all be rom coms. Oh. It's like she, I watched She's All That, mm-hmm. The Lady Eve, which is a movie from the nineteen forties with Fonda, Bob Barbara Stanwyck. That's awesome. Classic. Uh, Notting Hill and Fifty First Dates, which I watched last night. Yeah. Uh, so I love rom coms. They're like. Like one of my favorite kinds. <laughs> They're our favorite too. Yeah, yeah. we, we love, obviously we're we love doing them. a podcast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're obsessed. Yeah. Uh, well, that makes you the perfect person to come on here. So, Alex, I really like your three criteria for what makes a rom com like a full on rom romantic comedy. Uh, it has to be delightful. It has to be ridiculous in some way, and then surprisingly gut wrenching. So, what are the moments for you that kind of tick those boxes in Notting Hill? Uh, well, big picture stuff that I like loved in Notting Hill is I like I like a rom com where one person starts out like really not not confident in themselves, mm-hmm. and the other person is very sure of themselves. Yes. And by the end, the not confident person is the one rejecting the confident mm-hmm. person. The <laughs> confident person is like, I've just put myself out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thought, so I love that in Notting Hill. I I love uh, the just like the script and the dynamics and kind of like the energy that they have on screen yeah. at all times. It's a very patiently paced movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it really takes time to like show them having a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Some of the best moments were them just like sitting on the couch getting to know each other because yes. it felt so real to how you get to know someone when exactly. you're dating. Oh, yeah. yeah, I want to know why they would be good together. I don't want to just see them be attracted to each other. Right. right. Let's see why they would be good in a relationship together. Like I like when they're practicing lines on the roof and just having fun. Yeah. I love that scene so much, <laughs> but partly because I've like had that moment in real life where yeah. I was like running lines with my boyfriend at the time, and it was such a fun thing to do because yeah. I felt like so supportive of what he was doing, yeah. and it was just like very fun. It yeah. was very cute. Um, so I like that scene. And in the same vein, I love like you said, Lena, like them sitting on the couch and her reading the script and, and him reading the paper, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like. You know that seconds before that, she was like, I need to go over my lines. And he's like, I suppose I'll read the paper. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what you do when you're in a, in a relationship is one person has work to do, so mm-hmm. the other person finds a way to busy themselves. Yep. <laughs> but you're just in the same room with each other. But you're still uh-huh. together. Yeah, yeah. I love that. But also at the same time, I love, like, you can get me with a good montage. Oh, if, yeah. Like, right? I don't mind a montage. I don't mind a montage. <laughs> and if there's music don't accompanying it... Even better. Yeah. Don't mind a montage if I do. It's not just a silent bit. <laughs> no, like right in the in the dinner scene, like they randomly put in a montage of the dinner scene yeah, of like yeah. Hugh Grant having fun with his friends. Yeah, keeps, just a lot of laughter. Yeah, just cutting back to Julia Roberts not saying anything, but just like smiling and being yeah. like, "What a gang!" Yeah. 
I guess he really does have a life. Uh, and I was like, that's that's how it happens. And, yeah. But I, but I was really good at that. So that was delightful as well. And there's okay. a bunch of other stuff, but yeah. that's what we've got for right now. Also, can we give a quick shout out to newspapers, which are prominently featured yeah. in this movie? Mm-hmm. All the celeb gossip yeah. splashing on the front page. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I miss those things. Yeah. I miss getting the paper delivered every day. I would read it at breakfast time. That was my thing. It uh, was easier to read newspapers while you're eating. I don't want to hold my phone. I need both of my hands. Yeah, and a book is hard. Yeah, books are hard. Yeah. You say it's yeah. easier to read newspapers? I think so, because you can, you can lay it flat. Yeah. Oh. Or you can prop it up against the cereal box between your bowl and the, the box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we've, uh, Alex is a little bit younger than Lena. <laughs> oh, really? I don't understand. I don't what is it. this? How no. do you fold the paper and make it stand Look, up? You don't need to be 30, 40 years old. Whoa! I turned 71 To know that a phone is flat. And <laughs> put on a table. But it's too small. <laughs> There's, there's and that's no why way. we don't read anymore, okay? There is no way newspaper print is larger it's than phone print. It's that you can just as small. <laughs> it is just as small. I don't valid know why points. I feel like it's so much smaller on a phone screen. I don't know why. All valid points. Anyway. Um, all back right. to delightful. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I wanted to say about the, the them sitting on the couch is I feel like this movie shows a part of relationships that may not be as very exciting but is... A really wonderful part which is just yeah. having a quiet day together and when I was watching the movie I feel like a central question is what role does Hugh, Hugh Grant's character serve in her life when she has all this exciting stuff and she must be craving normalcy and mm-hmm. quiet mm-hmm. and just and a regular friend and family group yeah. people who aren't around you because you're famous or they're like their successes directly uh related to your own yeah so i think that's what i really liked about this movie is that it was taking the time to show you the mundane parts of a relationship can be the best parts I, I did love that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Truly delightful. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for me, ticking the delightful box was a lot of small running jokes that paid off throughout the movie. Love the buildup for Horse and Hound, and then it eventually making a comeback at the end of the movie. Oh, so good. It was just... It was delightful. That's the only word for it. Do you mean the part of the end where he goes, the readers of Horse and Hound will be delighted to hear it? Yes. Uh huh. Because you knew it had to happen because it was a a press junket or whatever they're called. And the thing was, they weren't like quick to it. Yeah. They made you wait, and I was like, oh shit, are they not going to do the callback? And then it was there, and I was like, oh thank God. But I just, I love the whole initial scene where he had to interview all the different actors in this sci-fi Helix movie that she is in. Which, can I just say really quick, in the footage, and I just used air quotes around footage from the Helix movie, Mm -hmm. Julia Roberts is wearing ski boots. That is the costume costume that they had her in as like some sort of sci-fi space woman. I was watching that, I was like, those are some, they pulled out the stops for those mag boots, but those were ski boots. They were, I legitimately paused it and they have to be ski boots. It made me laugh (laughs) so hard. That has to be such a tough task to shoot the space movie. Right, when you're like, I was hard for a 
rom-com. What the hell is it? And they, they make it a space movie. Yeah. And then they also say that she wins an Oscar from it. Which is insane. insane. So it has to be clearly like the most philosophical, <laughs> groundbreaking space movie. It must be this gravity. Yeah. 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 Well, they, the shot of it is like clearly just like plucked from 2001. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like just like the rotating. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Why didn't you just make this like any other movie? Yeah. It could have been some like Aaron Brockovich type movie. Exactly. Yeah, they could have saved some money on their budget by not having having her in such huge budget side fake movies. But I then then again, also don't that know period piece, <laughs> Hampton Head or whatever. Which I loved that part of that it. That hair. Too. That hair, that dress, the whole like scene mm-hmm. with the horse and buggies. I love a good period piece, so it was like fun mm-hmm. for me to get the like behind the scenes yeah, version your, of it. Your little your little scoop. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) And I also have to say, in the interviewing of Horse and Hound magazine, I found out in my trivia research that Nisha Barton played the little girl. Yes, I recognized her. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Uh, So that was like a fun little pre OC sighting. That uh, after the interview scene also has like my favorite lines, my favorite exchange in the movie. Ooh, tell us. Because he has. He had that one reporter with him mm-hmm. who was like, was yeah. like he's like, oh, they're for my grandma. Yeah. And then he comes back out and he's clearly so spent with Julia Roberts yeah, yeah. or Aaron Scott and he knows that he's going to see her again. And that reporter is like, how was she? And he's like, yeah. Like, totally <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the reporter goes, she took your grandmother's flowers and he gives <laughs> such a pivot and he goes, oh, yeah. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he like doesn't. He has no idea how to be unpleasant. Uh-huh. Like he's just like clearly playing this role. I love it. It's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite exchanges. So let's move on to the other factor. Yeah, part two of the Bernard test. Yes, mm. the ridiculousness factor. Oh yeah. What uh? What stands out for you guys? There's a lot of stuff in this movie that's like ridiculous, but I adore. This is like the one ridiculous thing that I take serious issue with, <laughs> which is uh, the dinner scene when they're all like competing for the the brownie. Oh yeah, by trying mm-hmm. to say how bad their lives are. Mm-hmm. I did like that game. It was a fun. Game. It was a fun game. Yeah, this is an interesting concept. Uh, but <laughs> the way, <laughs> okay. It basically was a game of whoever speaks last gets the brownie. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they because. The first guy starts and he's like, I'm terrible at my job. I haven't dated anyone, like, ever. I've never been in love. Yeah. Also, so, can we say that that is Hugh Bonneville, who is from Downton Abbey. And oh, really? he's playing such a finance bro in this movie. It's, like, staggering to see him <laughs> in this different role. But, yeah, he has this sort of sad, yeah. sad then, life. I don't, don't have all of them memorized. But then what is supposed to be kind of a nice scene mm-hmm. has the woman in the wheelchair yeah. I don't remember the character's name say that she had an accident yeah. she's now in a wheelchair for the rest of her life and cannot have children yeah obviously Tough. the worst uh, situation of anyone who is vying for this brownie yeah. <laughs> tough situation and tough, tough yeah tough and they're like hmm <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the actress who demands $15 million per movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they go to Hugh Grant and they're like, well, it's clearly him. He's divorced. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Wow. It was, that drove me insane. Like, yeah. The- I chalked it off to British humor where they're like, you drop something really awful and then how do we move past it? We joke and move on. And that was probably the intention but it's still sort of like guys let's be mature here let's like 
To me, give some space to be there for this woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not a good sign when you have to do that twice in one scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the woman says, "And I can't have children." And you're like, "Bugger!" Well, <laughs> bugger. And then Julia Roberts says her thing, and she's like, "In 15 years, I'll just be somebody who looks like they used to be famous." And they go, "Hmm." <laughs> Nice try. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Why do we have to keep doing this? Yeah. If we're just going to deny everyone, then yeah. like, what is the point? It was yeah. an interesting way to get to know everybody at the table. It was. Yeah. How are we going to get out backstory? Well, have you guys heard of brownies? <laughs> <laughs> but I did feel like, even though it was a bit of a strange way to come at it and definitely surprisingly dark, mm-hmm. uh, I did appreciate having that fullness to each of the side characters, mm-hmm. which to me, and I think we talked about this a little bit, Lena, when we did You've Got Mail, is what takes a rom-com from being like a fine rom-com to a great rom-com mm-hmm. when you have that rounded out world. Yeah. That would be my fourth box that I would add to Alex's criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were some more of the ridiculous moments that stick out for you? Oh gosh, Spike the roommate. Oh, Spike. <laughs> is Spike, Spike, Spike. So ridiculous. He's on par with that performance of the silly best friend in any rom-com, I feel mm-hmm. like it's between him and Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly. Absolutely. Because they're both just like <laughs> gross weirdos, but you love them. You love them. And like, I just love the moment when he's trying to prepare for a date and he's like, do you, do you like this shirt? And I forget what the shirt said, but it was something gross. And, yeah. and Will Thacka is like, I don't know if that's appropriate. And then he changes into this third shirt that says, you look beautiful or it's something like, you're romantic. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, then, and yeah. he's like, that's okay. Yeah, I think that, that'll be fine. And then he turns around and walks up the stairs and it says, fancy a fuck. And I'm just like, this is so vulgar and hilarious. <laughs> but it was, it was a perfect joke. It was a perfectly constructed joke. I yeah. loved it. And it shows you who his character is instantly because I think that's the first interaction we have with it Spike. Is. And every single one is just equally disgusting and degrading. I feel like the reason I'm able to even like him is because he's just so unaware of why these things are inappropriate, but it's not coming from, like, a malicious place. It's just like, I'm a weirdo. When he tries Mm -hmm. on his scooping outfit, yeah, he he needs to wear that because I think it'll be cute. Yeah. Oh, what a weirdo. He Uh, also has the thing of, like, the best friend playing the role at the end of like, what are you doing? Yeah, Go get her. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that and to have the person who's the most ridiculous be the one to give you that moment of clarity? It's like that's when you know, mm. like, oh, I really should listen to mm. you if you are telling me I'm being a dumbass, a doft prick, a doft prick. Well done. Well done, sir. <laughs> For me, a ridiculous thing was when he is wearing the scuba outfit, and you you realize that the scuba glasses are a prescription and it comes back later when mm. Will can't find his glasses and he has yeah. to go to the movies. I loved that bit so much because I just felt like that had to have happened to someone in real life. Yeah. And it just, I, I, that one really tickled my fancy. I can't believe he so. went to the movie theater with those scuba glasses. Like, I would have just been like, you know what, I guess I won't see this movie. I will just hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like... And can we talk about how the one person, that like Hugh Grant is the only one in disguise in that scene, and Anna Scott is just Anna Scott yeah. in a crowded movie theater? Mm-hmm. In a movie theater. In a movie yeah. theater. Where she's 
most likely to be recognized. Yeah, because people who love movies often are found in movie theaters, so they've probably seen her before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, sunglasses only get you so far. Another ridiculous thing, and a shout-out to an actor that has been in a movie we've talked about before, Mel Gibson does his own butt work. <laughs> I hope that's a true fact, a Hollywood secret. I hope so. That just was such a like a funny, weird bit to drop. Um, what, a, what a time we were in, in 1999, where you could just mention Mel Gibson's ass. Yeah. And just be like, it's great. It's great, yeah. No no context necessary. We can just yeah, say it. Yeah. yeah. He's a neutral actor we can pick. Nothing will come out about him later. This no. line problematic. Hot guy actor. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's the Chris Pratt of 1999. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's lots unpacked there. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but another thing that should be known is that Reese Eifens got a BAFTA nomination for his turn as Spike in this movie. Spike got a BAFTA? He didn't win it. He oh. just got a nomination. He was, oh, he was nominated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I think really did it was the scene where he runs out to, uh, to the paparazzi in his underwear and then flash. clenches his butt. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. To me, I was like, that says British equivalent of the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, but it truly made me happy that he he was able to get nominated for that role because I do, I do think it has more depth than any other romantic supporting uh, character I've ever seen. And he ends up with someone at the end. He does. Will's sister. His sister. Can um, I can I throw out one more ridiculous thing? Absolutely. That's like, somewhat ridiculous, but just like a great rom com thing. Mm-hmm. Which is, I love when a rom com will repeat its premise in a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. Like I love when, like in Nanny Hill, the premise is, what if a famous person fell in love with a really ordinary guy? And so I love lines like, like they get it at the end, but it's like. You live in Beverly Hills. I live in Notting Hill. (laughs) (laughs) The very normal, unknown neighborhood of Notting Hill. You're very famous. I don't know anyone. (laughs) uh, You go, you walk on the Walk of Fame. (laughs) I walk on Notting Hill. Like, I love when, like, serendipity does that, where it'll be like, I guess we'll have to leave it up to fate. <laughs> like, Or when Harry met Sally, where it's like, men and women cannot be friends. Like, yeah. I like when they just keep hitting it like that. And Nadia yeah. has a ton of that in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. they never leave the premise mm-hmm. yeah. by the wayside to the point of ridiculousness. Yeah. I imagine in Pretty Woman, they do that a lot. Where it's like, I'm a rich guy and, and you're, you're a, a prostitute. prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Alrighty, so criteria number three, surprisingly gut-wrenching. I think we can all agree that this movie has quite a few moments of that. One of them being when Will is getting set up on some dates with friends Mm -hmm. of Bella and Max, and they're like... Fine. Some of them are bad. Some of yeah. them are fine. But they end up having this kind of like heart to heart one night where they're yeah. talking about his love debacles and like how he's still in love with Anna. And how he's only ever really loved two people. Yes. And his we ex-wife. learn, yeah, his ex wife. And then we learn in a little twist that he was also at one point in love with Bella. 
who is married to Max, and that took me completely by surprise. I was, like, not expecting that because they have such a solid friendship that when I first saw them together, uh, the way I read it was that they were almost like siblings, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I initially thought that maybe that was his sister and then quickly realized that Honey, the kind of kooky one, Mm -hmm. uh, who tells the other guy working in the bookshop, Sexy Cardi, uh, is his actual sister. But I kind of loved that they were able to fill out this world even more by revealing that they had this relationship at one point. Uh, But it kind of came across like... You know, maybe it was hard at the time when they broke up, but eventually they realized they weren't meant to be together, and uh, Bella was with Max, um, but they were able to retain their really strong friendship and closeness over yeah. the years. And that felt very real mm-hmm. and like kind and of beautiful. a cool, yeah, a beautiful thing to see in a rom com. Yeah. yeah, and it was, and it made you be like, oh, like Hugh Grant or William and uh, Max. What a friendship they have. Yeah, yeah that they were able to overcome. They were able to still be friends and not mm-hmm. make it a look. You broke the bro code, dude. Yeah. God. <laughs> I guys just come at me about the bro code. <laughs> just because I married a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, don't you watch uh, How I Met Your Mother? And they yeah. just come at me. They drop the book <laughs> on yeah. the table in front of you. Dust it off. Yeah, they, drop, they dust off the old bro code. Section 42, paragraph C. Oh, my God. I hate it. They throw a football at me. Yeah, and then drink a beer or five. Drink a beer or five. I've never, I've never known a boy in my life. I've never known a boy in my life. Alex, you're the first one. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you everything you've heard is true. Uh, uh, I have one that's um, not the big one, but that is one, which is he's like it's after the big moment after the. For one, you know it. Um, I'm just a girl he's standing in front of the guy. Whatever. Someone wrote it. We've no, heard it. I can't say it at all. <laughs> I can't. Well, uh, start sobbing. So uh, yeah. you got to keep a level head here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and he's with all of his friends in the restaurant yes. explaining to them what happened. And he's, ex- first of all, let me just say, you know that was a great line. That was like the mm-hmm. I'm just a girl line. You know it's great. Because what a heat check by the screenwriters to have Hugh Grant just repeat it yeah. word for word and have everyone in the scene go, wow, wow, what a line. Yeah, yeah. that was a little much. I was like, you, you kind of ruined it by repeating it. I'm going to let it slide. They really knew how great of a line But the part for me that is so gut-wrenching is uh, Bernie the stockbroker character mm-hmm. who says oh she asked you out mm-hmm. and he said he says anybody saying they want to go out with you is pretty nice that's <laughs> like oh my god I mean, this poor guy <laughs> yeah poor poor lord grantham <laughs> well it just yeah it gives you an idea of like of like that dinner scene when we were talking about of just the dynamic between this extremely handsome charismatic character william and uh, his friends who are not so much like that. Yeah. Uh, we do have trouble dating. And how we've been watching somebody. They've literally been watching their friend date a movie star. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think I should take the movie star back. Like, well, I'm extremely sad. Uh, <laughs> but they're also supportive in that restaurant scene. Yeah. They're they're reluctantly right. agreeing with him. Because they can tell he's struggling with his decision. Yeah. But they don't want to tell him what to do. Because they're good friends, yeah. right? And then it culminates... 
in the best moment ever where one by one they tell him, "You sounds like you did the right thing, you know, it's hard, blah, blah, blah. Spike, in a Kramer-esque moment, <laughs> opens the door to the restaurant, <laughs> bursts in, and he's like, what's going on? They fill him in, and he says, yeah. you, you doffed prick! And that just unlocks all the tension that is built up in this moment and yeah. leads to a beautiful, ridiculous car chase scene yeah. Yeah. where he goes to get Anna back. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Along the lines with gut-wrenching, I wanted to talk about the marriage between Max and Bella. Mm-hmm. I just... I feel like every good rom-com has one stable relationship mm-hmm. that's happening, that's, like, orbiting the main people. Mm-hmm. And you, like, see that, so it's like, oh, see, I know this exists. And for them, I really like that they were going through something very challenging. She had lost her ability to walk 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. And they learned she couldn't have a kid. And, Jesus. like, you can tell they're going through a really hard time just, like, in the silence and the way he looks at her. And, like, a couple times Max has just, like, got tears in his eyes looking at her. And that really got me. That really got me. They had a very beautiful relationship. Yeah. It was fun to watch. <laughs> and then just, like, seeing him, like, carry her up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then in the car chase scene, she's like, you don't need to take me. And he's like, no, 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 you're coming with. And he mm-hmm. puts her in the car with him. And yeah. I just love seeing, like, them push through that struggle. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was just really nice. It yeah. Was it was a nice. wonderful depiction. And not to be nitpicky, but mm-hmm. they did make a point of saying in the movie that they weren't sure that it was her accident that caused yeah. their inability to have children. Which I thought was a very tasteful way mm-hmm. of, like, talking about a very real issue mm-hmm. that uh, people who are trying to start families often have. I know who caused it. Uh, the screenwriter. The Boo! screenwriter made it up and just had it happen. <laughs> Not necessary. Alex is very upset about the fact that they can't have a family. <laughs> Richard Curtis made her infertile and took away her ability to walk. Let's get him! <laughs> We have to talk about the last scene, right? We have to talk we about We have to talk about it. This is a famous rom-com scene. Mm-hmm. This was uh, the line that made me realize I hadn't seen this movie all the way through because I knew this line. I have it memorized in my head. I know where it's from. But watching it, I was like, I did not realize this took place in the bookstore, so I clearly have not actually watched this. I, like, I think the way this line is delivered and the the nature of this scene is such... It perfectly fits in the tone and pacing of this whole movie, which is to say, like, understated and witty in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, how did you guys feel about it? I can't believe uh, this scene wasn't in the rain. <laughs> I can't believe uh, <laughs> that this wasn't outside pouring. I... I have so many thoughts about this scene because I knew this line too, and I'd actually watched this line happen. Like I've, mm. I, I love rom coms, so I've watched like those YouTube clips that are like best romantic movie moments in movies. Mm. But watching this scene, I didn't realize one that it wasn't the last scene of the movie, right? Because there are three or four more things that happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and two, the way and the context in which it happens. Yeah, which is not just. That line is so great on its own, and I think that's why it's lived on, mm-hmm. because obviously a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her is just great by itself. It's the yeah. most vulnerable sentence, yeah, yeah, I think. But you don't realize it's in like the context of this is a famous person who's mm-hmm. been dehumanized for 
a great deal of her life and especially all of her adult life mm -hmm. and that's when it is absolutely devastating mm -hmm. like she's done this throughout the whole movie like with her quoting Rita Hayworth and a few other things mm -hmm. uh, but this isn't the best she articulates mm -hmm. um, what like the struggle to be human and to just like love somebody else mm -hmm. who isn't yeah. famous mm -hmm. and as herself not yeah. The projection of herself that everyone gets on buses and billboards and yeah. award shows. I think it's really beautiful because we see her like fully stripped back with no barriers in mm -hmm. front of her at this point. Like you said, she's extremely yeah. vulnerable. The first time we meet her is in the same exact spot in the bookstore. Yeah. It's that kind of entryway. And when we see her that first time, she's wearing sunglasses mm -hmm. she's kind of hiding behind the bookshelves mm -hmm. she doesn't want help leather jacket yeah. yeah she's very hidden buttoned up there is a definite barrier in front of her she doesn't want to connect yeah. with people and i think that kind of facade is kept up through most of the movie and you see it slowly stripped back and taken down as they get to know each other better mm -hmm. but i just thought the imagery of seeing her so closed off you can't see her eyes when you first meet her and then when she's just there in like a relatively like simple outfit with like nothing on yeah. her face you're seeing her as the girl that she is proclaiming to be mm -hmm. and yeah. i love that as an arc because for part of the movie, I was like, what is her personality? Mm -hmm. Like, she she's so stoic in a lot of it. Yeah. And that's just, I think, her need to protect herself. Yeah. Because she's yeah. been having to literally protect herself from paparazzi, learn to trust people who aren't going to sell her right. out, etc. Mm -hmm. It's like her reactions to him seem so blown out sometimes. And you're like, whoa, she's overreacting. She's whatever. But also, if you lived her life, it makes sense. So when you get those glimpses of her just being her funny self, because she's hilarious. She's so funny. She's like very bitingly funny and like sarcastic and mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. yeah. A perfect match for the yeah travel bookstore owner who, <laughs> God, what is it? Is it a savings account to get a travel <laughs> bookshop open? Richard uh, Curtis, Mr. Screenwriter, couldn't you have made it a regular bookstore? Nope, Did had to have to? that scene where you turn away the random guy <laughs> asking for the latest John Grisham novel. <laughs> oh, great scene. That scene in the movie. The other thing about but that, uh, the famous scene is um, just, to me, it's less, it's like gut-wrenching for her, but it's also even like harder, like when you think about it from like Hugh Grant's perspective. He's just said this whole thing about, like, if I, uh, if I went with you, I'd be discarded, mm -hmm. and I'd feel buggered if I saw you, and it would just be, bad. like, essentially saying it would be devastating for me to go with you and then be hurt again, and have to see you everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like, th what I love about this movie is that, I'm like, yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> and then she says that thing, and I was like, oh, my God, I totally see where she's, like, she's coming from. And, yeah. Uh, to hear, like, that line, and to look at it from Hugh Grant's perspective, it's like, oh, he like, we all know that he's instantly made, like, a horrible mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. also, at the end, to skip forward a bit, like, it shows them after they're together. Right. So when he goes to a red carpet event with her, and oh. he's, like, overwhelmed by the paparazzi, but he's there by her side, and he's got his hand, uh -huh. he's holding her hand. Yeah. 
And I love that because I was thinking, like, he is the perfect guy for her because mm-hmm. he's normal and he's not intimidated by her success, which I also think is a struggle for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never in the movie is he, like, jealous that she's a, got a big movie script to practice lines for or whatever. He's like, that's cool. Like, his his motivations in life don't seem to be about career at all. He just wants a loving partner. So that's why he's mm-hmm. able to just, like, be her partner and do mm-hmm. all these things. Not be competitive. And, Yeah. So this movie absolutely would not have worked if it was if the roles were reversed, right? Mm-hmm. If like the sexes were reversed. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah. It just provides a few more problems. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I think we've talked a little bit of uh, Lena and I have about that sort of dynamic where like if the roles are reversed, what does it do? We talked about it in our What Women Want, What Men Want episode. And then also off the podcast, we've talked about there's a movie coming out that I can't remember the title right now with Seth Rogen and Charlie's Theory. The Long Shot. The Long Shot. Which yeah. I do want to see. I, yeah. I've do heard it's see. very good. It, yeah. The really, trailer really looks good. And I've seen criticism about it too, where it's like, why would yeah. she be with this schlub or whatever? Yeah, because she's a very powerful, successful yeah. political. Yeah, I think she's like running for president. She's running for president. Apparently, that's like a big part of the movie. Yeah. Like that's a big source of the comedy. Yeah. It's not like they know that. Right. It's like a part. I, again, yeah. I have not seen it, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love that kind of discussion about like gender does matter yeah. in the sort of like power dynamics as far as like career status goes yeah. in these Absolutely. in these movies. Because if the roles were reversed, we'd be looking at it like if she were Will is happy to just like make her life about her partner and mm-hmm. not have any big career aspirations or whatever like would that make me feel bad for her i don't know yeah because there's nothing inherently wrong about, nothing that. wrong about that yeah but it, it was cool to see it in a less common way yeah. i think and it's always I, nice to see like a powerful confident successful woman mm-hmm. who is i guess consistently raising the price that she is saying she's paid in mm-hmm. the movies. She's highballing it. Give yeah. me that $15 million. Yeah. <laughs> I read uh, also on IMDb that that's what you got paid for this movie, too. Interesting. $15 million. And that's how you negotiate. You do it on camera. <laughs> uh, Stop her. The- Stop her. <laughs> <laughs> she's not sticking to the script. <laughs> it was supposed to say $5 million. <laughs> Um, can we talk about this is not gut wrenching can we talk about Alec Baldwin in this movie yeah uh, yeah agree to disagree on gut wrenching yeah. <laughs> oh, was it a nice surprise or a nasty surprise oh god I mean, <laughs> nice surprise or nasty surprise ah, I don't tell me lemon uh, uh, I asked you this do we think Alec Baldwin knew he was acting <laughs> do we think he was like yeah I'm shooting the first scene for this great new rom-com and then there then he was like i don't know why they never called me back (laughs) uh yeah it was it's interesting because it it does feel like a departure from the rest of the movie in some ways and he is so brash it was it was for me the perfect amount of assholery that i would uh expect from the american boyfriend Mm -hmm. portrayed in a very british movie to me uh and alex Mm -hmm. i'm sorry because you haven't seen love actually that's your fault but uh it's the equivalent of Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton playing the American president. Who was definitely a satire of George W. Bush. Absolutely. At the time. Yeah. But like 
I don't written by the same guy also. Richard Curtis Richard wrote Curtis. Love Actually and Bridget Jones Diary and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. All those classic British rom coms. Oh, starring Hugh Grant. Yeah. I don't I don't mind a little jab at Americans being assholes in that way. It makes me laugh. So I, I appreciate that little little British humor. Uh, and I think Alec Baldwin was probably the perfect person to bring in. But that's what I think. I think he, it looks like he just showed up on yeah. that day. And they were like, you're just going to be yourself with Julia yeah. Roberts. And we're just going to show that she has a tough decision to make. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, great. And he like, keeps like, smacking her like sides and thighs and I stuff. I know. And Jesus. giving, giving uh, Hugh Grant the trash to take out and ordering takeout service and insulting his clothes. Jeez. So another classic scene in this is uh, the Ain't No Sunshine scene. It's a tracking shot. We go through all the different seasons. In the market. In the market. Hill. Yeah, you get to see the neighborhood for mm-hmm. which this movie is named. It was hard to do, first off, production-wise. It was a big feat to yeah. do that tracking shot. Yeah. I think the DP got, the director of photography, got a lot of people say that was like a really amazing tracking shot to pull off. And especially to do the change of seasons. They they did it all in real time, Mm -hmm. is the thing. Kind of like the tracking shot in How I Met Your Mother, if anybody knows about that one. I don't. My favorite tracking shot of all time is an atonement. The, Mm -hmm. like, five minute steady cam of uh, Normandy. Beach. Wait, what do you mean they did it in real time? Yeah, but like, computer, like they were using like the new technology. But they did it all in a day. Is, oh. They did it. They filmed it all in a day. So they obviously put in all that stuff. Yeah, they choreographed it all, mm-hmm. and it was a tough thing to pull off. And it's perfectly bookended because you see the woman who's pregnant mm-hmm. at the beginning of the shot, and then at the end of the shot, she's with her baby. And you see his younger sister like mm-hmm. meet someone and introduce him to the mm-hmm. guy and then they're breaking up at the end right which makes room yeah. for her to announce her surprise engagement to none other than BAFTA mm-hmm. nominee and you Spike. see you see like uh, Bush uh, Cheney stickers at the beginning of it and then at the end you see papers that say that Bush wins the election yeah wait really no, <laughs> <laughs> I was like I didn't know yeah. American politics played a huge role in a this huge movie. Role. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we were on the cusp of uh, the war in Afghanistan yeah. in this movie. That really hangs That's over it. all the scenes. <laughs> it really mattered in Britain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's a really beautiful scene. I actually replayed it when I was watching it oh. last night. Because I just, I, I just love a good montage that makes you feel things. Yeah, yeah. A, little, a little twist on the, the classic montage. And just like, I like how this movie shows the passage of time. Like, him and Anna take breaks from each other to like be apart, mm-hmm. be with themselves, figure out their feelings for each other. They don't know if they're going to be reunited. And I always like that element in movies where you yeah. you see them go through time without each other. Yeah. And, and make hard. up their mind on yeah. their own. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. And yeah. then, you know. That's interesting because you really do have to be creative. Uh, to account for this sort of vacuum of anything happening Mm -hmm. other than just sorting through thoughts and feelings. And so to do that in such a creative, fun way is really nice. Because most of the time in rom-coms, you either skip over gaps of time or you just don't account for it at all and things happen really rapid fire. This movie does a pretty excellent job of like knowing what the boring moments are and Mm -hmm. knowing what exciting moments are. Mm -hmm. Like... We want to see him struggle to date anyone else, so we do, like, 
three quick days. Yeah. We want to see time pass, but we don't need to see him. Grow a beard. Time passing. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to see time passing. We just can see that it quickly passes. Yeah. Like that. We don't need to see him having a great time with all of his friends at dinner. We can just see him laughing mm-hmm. in a quick little montage. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of bookends, I guess, which this movie is full of that I sort of appreciate as a technique, the final scene of this movie is them back in the the private park where they first kind of had their, like... They sneak in. Yeah, it was one of their first dates. They sneak in. It's where they really bond and, like, discover things about each other for the first time. Yeah. And I just thought that was, like, the perfect way to end it is them sitting on the bench he's reading a newspaper a book yeah he's reading a book and she's just enjoying being pregnant (laughs) yeah (laughs) she didn't have anything in her hands i think she was relaxing is she pregnant yeah she's pregnant she's rubbing a baby belly there well i was not (laughs) watching that closely enough (laughs) you know what they say never assume never assume i I wasn't gonna ask her maybe she gained weight (laughs) i can't believe they did that i cannot believe they made her pregnant at the end it was it could have ended right when they said, like, yeah. how long will you be staying in London? Indefinitely. Smile, smile. Yeah, that's true. They, that was cute. the final scene, but instead they chose to have it in the park. I really can't believe I didn't notice that. I feel like <laughs> such a moron. I feel like a doffed prick. A doffed prick? It kind of raises uh, some questions, though, because that whole movie is so, like, oh, I love that she's got all this stuff going on. I love that he's got stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And we know that once you're pregnant in Hollywood, your career's over, so. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, truly, truly, it is like, wait a second. Yeah. It, does, it does bring up some questions. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't have any answers yeah, for. No. Uh, we'll maybe she decided to take a break and then she's going to go back into it? Or? I think so. Oh, I think she thought. can have it all. I well, think I think that's why they showed him on a red carpet with her and then the next scene they're in the park and she's pregnant yeah so she can have it all you yeah. guys love it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's tough to have it all <laughs> well one of our favorite things to do with guests on this podcast is to find out how rom-coms have kind of influenced our own lives mm-hmm. we love a real life meet cute a real life grand gesture mm-hmm Alex Bernard, yeah. when when have you ever been influenced by a rom-com or done something worthy of being in a rom-com in your own life? Mine is more of the second one. Mm-hmm. I've definitely done stuff that I think has been influenced by being in a rom-com. Like, I really internalize all, like, rom-com speeches mm-hmm. and patterns of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those, like, like, a lot of that, like, circular dialogue. Yeah. I, I just kind of subconsciously use in my romantic life. Yeah. Of like, there aren't a lot of people in the world, but of all the people in the world, <laughs> I don't mind you being one of many. Like, And I'll never forget when you said that to me. When yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> Which is ultimately just me being like, oh, I like that you exist. And it's fine. Um, uh, I, no, so like something that happened to me recently that I think could be in a rom-com as like kind of gesture, but then also kind of just like a silly rom-com scene mm-hmm. is uh, I recently got into a relationship uh, I had a couple people I wanted to talk to about it this is very silly and a little embarrassing um, one of the people I wanted to talk to was my mother oh uh, that's very sweet <laughs> but I was like talking to her about it and I was like I, I, I feel this way and she was talking to me about it and uh, and then as I was talking to her about it I was like 99.99% I was like ready to like go and then just talking to her made me like 100%. Mm-hmm. And while I was on the phone with my mother, I texted 
my now girlfriend. Yeah. And I was like, hey, can I come over right now? Aww. And she's like, yeah, uh, what's up? And I was like, uh, I need to talk to you about something. Uh-oh. And she's like, what? Shit out of her. And she was like, and I was like, it's nothing bad, I promise. <laughs> and so I like drove over there, hung up with my mom, said goodbye to my mom. I, I go to her apartment and I'm like, so uh, we like say hi and stuff. And I'm like, so do you want to know what I want to talk to you about? <laughs> and I'm like, really low energy apparently. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, She's like, yeah, what, what's up? And I, apparently, I could not have made it sound more like I was about to break up with her. <laughs> like, I could not have been less excited and, like, less clear. I, I came in so low energy. And this is what I said. I said you can tell. I said, um, so, I've been thinking about it a lot. Oh, no. Recently. <laughs> and I'm not interested. Oh, my <laughs> in seeing other people. <laughs> oh my god. She was like such torture. <laughs> really put her through the ringer. She was really upset. Oh my god. And I was like, I do know. you want to be in a relationship? Do you want to be my girlfriend? And she was like, I guess. <laughs> she was pretty upset with me. Just took her on a roller coaster there. I was really I was just so nervous that I just didn't know. Did you realize at all how it was coming across from the like texting? Can can I come over right I now? Knew, and I knew texting how it was coming across, oh, right. and that's why I said it's nothing bad. I promise. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I think uh, I think everyone's gone through this, so I think it's also why our red flag was up. First of all, it's just when somebody texts you that they want to talk to you. It's, it's so like scary. Something horrible is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but also, and I've done this in breakups too. You never want to like. Nobody ever wants to telegraph that they're about to break up with you. Yeah. They don't want, they want to be like, can I talk to you about something? They're like, yeah. uh, is something wrong? And nobody's yeah. ever like, yeah. They're always <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 let's just, let's just talk. We'll just talk. We'll yeah. talk. And then even in the breakup, for some reason, I, I, at least I feel this way, I always like, whenever I have broken up with somebody, I always make it seem like it's not a breakup. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I was like, hey, so you're amazing uh, <laughs> you just make it sound like you're something else is gonna happen yeah. yeah in that moment she was like i can't believe you just did that <laughs> um, i could yeah. definitely see that happening in a rom-com where you're like sure someone's gonna break up with you and then you know yeah mm-hmm. they don't and i think yeah i guess the, the the romantic gesture part of it is just being like as soon as i knew yeah, yeah, and also waste the time. talking to your mom about it, where you're like, I think I know what I'm doing, and she's just like, Alex, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all very cute. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, Alex, thank you so much for joining us on this lovely hot afternoon. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming by and sharing your thoughts. Thank yeah, so about rom coms. It's always nice to have a guest who legitimately loves the art form mm-hmm. of the romantic of comedy. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially to hear boys that like rom coms. That's nice to hear. The the first uh, screenplay I ever wrote in college was a rom com. I had to like write it in a month for some competition, <gasps> and it was like uh, I was like, I just need to write something I know really well. Yeah. It's called Someone Anyone. Oh my yeah. god, that's adorable. Yeah. Someone Anyone. <laughs> I can't wait to read it someday. <laughs> so we're going to put his script on the show notes yeah. later for everybody to read. <laughs> exactly. That'll be next week's episode. Someone. 
<laughs> stage dream. And if you ever want to see Alex Bernard perform comedy in the real world, you can catch him on Harold Night at the UCB LA Theater. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Remember to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Do it. Love ya. Love, love ya. Love. Bye.